0: Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Very Hicken Bros Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is the third episode of Season 3. This is, yeah, the third episode, but next week we will be celebrating our one-year anniversary We probably made close to 60, maybe 70 episodes. If you want to participate in the one-year anniversary, I've shared the links everywhere. Just send us a message on Anchor, and we may answer your question or have it featured in our podcast. This podcast is going to be pretty good. It's going to be one of the classic ones where we talk about interesting technologies. We're not going to be talking about much like... We have some mainstream stuff, but more alternative technology stuff that we'll be talking about.
1: Yeah, I have a How lot have you, of Dick, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say, I have uh, a couple devices that are up and coming in this and the Talk to Your Later show, so, yeah, they're not uh, available in the near future, maybe at the end of 2021, so, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, we're going to try to do the Talk to Your Later show right after this podcast and kind of merge them all together and so yeah we're gonna try to be efficient
1: yeah uh, I have a couple quick topics the first one's uh, pretty interesting Uh, there's a lot of uh, paid content for Pokemon Go coming out since this week the Pokemon Go players are now able to transfer over to Pokemon Home But, there are a couple barriers for free-to-play people to start doing that. So, they first were allowing level 40 Pokemon Go players to be able to transfer the Pokemon to Pokemon Home. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they finally uh, unlocked it for everyone but um so there's two things you have to do first to be able to start transferring on pokemon home you have to become a premium user which is like a certain amount of money for a subscription i don't remember how much i think it's at least like five to six dollars a month Mm -hmm. and then in the pokemon go play uh, part of it you have to for each pokemon you want to transfer you have to use a thousand gold so, if you're doing a lot of raids and uh maybe you do you defend a lot of uh gyms and you can save up a bunch, but you won't be able to transfer all the Pokemon you want overnight night today in one sitting unless you like spend a bunch of money just to get thousands of coins and that's not. Well, recommended, I would say.
0: You say it costs $1,000 per Pokemon?
1: 1000 gold.
0: Yeah. So, how much does it cost to buy gold?
1: <laughs> um, I haven't played Pokemon Go in a while. Uh, I'm assuming it's like, uh, 10 bucks.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty steep.
1: Yeah. Um,. They do have this thing they call uh, Transporter Energy that uh, as long as you continually play Pokemon Go, it will refill. But it usually takes like a week for it to completely refill and then you can transfer over your Pokemon for free. So that would limit you to transferring over one Pokemon a week. Mm -hmm. Some of them uh, might cost more energy or less depending on the rarity and strength. So let's say you had like a Dragonite you really wanted to transfer over to home and it has like I don't know 3000 or so CP and then it's like shiny then maybe that one would take longer than a week to transfer over. I'm not sure. I don't know the details. Um, Also they finally enabled you to transfer over Melton which has been (laughs) a Pokemon People have been wanting to. Transfer or obtain in. The Pokemon games for a long time. Since it was. uh, Released like. A year or two ago.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And that also allows us to have the Gigantamax form. Which is kind of nice. Because that will make him. A little better for. um, Battling. Hmm. Yeah I was. Hoping I could transfer my Pokemon over. But at this rate, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of work and and money just to transfer over the ones I liked onto my <laughs> Pokemon home and onto Shield or Sword.
0: Yeah, that's uh, pretty disappointing. You got to pay to work so hard <laughs> uh, to coordinate all your games and stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, some people are like... Sad. Just, come on, let us, like, transfer a Pokemon over. We've tried... We've worked so hard to get a Shiny. We've gone out and played. And, like, the U... They have this, um... Little compensation for COVID. And they ended that. So you don't get, like, free energy and... Free incense and all that stuff anymore. So, yeah, it's not very looking for Pokemon Go players at the moment hopefully things change for them and my next topic is also game related kind of like remote sort of like what Pokemon Go does to home you can use them in from a different room Sony is allowing you to use a PS4 to play your PS5 games if you have a PS5. And I thought this is an uh, awesome way to repurpose last generation console because I feel like most people are going to want to either sell it or give it away to someone or now you can reuse it. So the PS4 can now be used for remote play for your PS5 games. Which also allows you to play PS Five games on your PS Four with the uh, DualShock Four.
0: Well, this is kind of—you could play PlayStation Five and use a DualShock. No, Dual—not DualSense, but you said DualShock.
1: Yeah, it has to be on your PS Four though, because the DualShock DualSense doesn't work on your PS Four. Okay. Yeah, so, they, um, you can also play PS5 games from uh, your TV, or I mean, from a mobile device or PC, but this is even nicer, I feel like, because let's say you have another TV and you don't want to move your PS5 around you can hook up your PS4 to the other TV and use it like a sling box for your TV viewing and you can play your PS5 games on your PS4 so you can basically have two PS5s and most people are not going to want to have two PS5s and buy a bunch of controllers and <laughs> stuff so <laughs> This is a yep. awesome uh, way to use the PS4.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense it's because you might have it on your living room, or maybe you have your P- PlayStation 4 in the living room, and you have your PlayStation 5 in your room where you mainly play it. And you could still access it out here if you have guests over or something. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's my uh, quick news to get out of the way.
0: <laughs> okay, my first uh, topic is a wearable technology topic. It's a technology that was developed at the University of Colorado in Boulder. It They may call it University of Colorado Boulder. It's really cool because the circuit boards are made out of this material called polyamine and they put all the circuits on that and this uh, polyamine technology is stretchable and it's self-healing so Maybe you could put it in a wristband or something. Yeah, this enables um, people to have more future-proof technologies. And it's better to be recyclable and probably more affordable over time. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking I don't know that's kind of a simple technology. Well, they have one sheet of stretchy poly mine and they put the circuits on there and then they put another layer so you could wear it around your wrist or but I was thinking what I would do with this technology is that I'd make like a shirt out of it. I'd have a screen on my arm. So I'll have it replace my phone and my smartwatch. It'll replace my necklace thing that I have to help me with my posture. It'll have all the sensors, so it could wake me up not in the middle of my REM cycle, and it could vibrate on my back and. Help me have a better posture when I'm slouched over like I am right now. What do you think about that, Trevor? Does it make sense?
1: Electronics, instead of having like a device around you, it will be like a layer, like a shirt.
0: Yeah, that's what I would have it as, but they said maybe you could have it as a watch or a little necklace or. It's a flexible means of making, uh, I don't know, circuit boards, maybe?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: They said that they made a documentary about this in 2018, and they said it was working back then. I don't know why, why they didn't have any timeline about it's been two years since that and i don't know if anybody's using it (laughs) there's no timeline of production like the other things we talk about Hmm. but uh, yeah i love wearable technology when i was flying here i had some wearable technology and i was like Man, wearable technology is nice. Then I don't have to put it in my uh, suitcase or <laughs> things. <laughs> I can just hold it around my neck and, or wear it or something.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, technology is nice as long as uh, you don't have to worry about it. Like getting to. Dirty stuff like at work. I have uh, chicken and I want raw chicken all over my watch, so I don't wear it anymore at work. Hmm.
0: Yeah, one thing that I was thinking is that with the shirt that I would invent, it would also not need a battery because it probably gain electricity from my heat or my movement and stuff. It would not require people charging it. <laughs> you'd, you'd wear it and it will get energy from you moving around and your heat and stuff.
1: Is that what they are looking into to make it uh, a renewable energy like that instead of having a plug?
0: No. I think they're more talking about the stretchy and a healing, self-healing technology that they, or the material polyamine that they could put circuits on. If you put these, this technology that gathers electricity from your movement and your heat on this circuit, then it'll work. I don't think there's any limits to it. It's just putting it between that material
1: hmm that's cool yeah my uh, new technology I'm going to talk about is also a prototype at the moment it's uh, this was written by the Associated Press in London they got a uh, opportunity to actually use the desktop prototype of this new technology that puts music in your head, no head headphones. <laughs> you might think, oh, it's just like a speaker, like it's nothing new. But this is a new technology. It actually creates a sound bubble, and only within that range that it shoots out you can listen to it so you can have like maybe really loud music that you want to hear and it's not going to disturb your neighbors or your roommate or anything
0: what how's that even possible
1: so it says the listening sensation straight out of a sci-fi movie so uh, what it is is uh it's like a it's like a three D sound. So instead of like having it shot to you, like in front of you through sound waves, it's actually shot into. It feels like it's being shot directly into your ears. Hmm.
0: Now that's
1: So you don't even have headphones. You don't need anything to capture the sound into your ears uses 3D sensing modules and locates and checks the ear position and then sends (laughs) audio via uh, uh, ultrasonic waves to create sound pockets (laughs) by the user's ears. (laughs) So you can have it heard in like a stereo sound like normal or a spatial 3D mode. I've heard that spatial 3D sound is like insane. It sounds like you got a concert or something it's crazy that uh so it's like that three d mode's like a three sixty degree sound around the listener hmm. um the c e o says that it's hard to put the concept into words he says it's like the brain doesn't understand what it doesn't know so the demo they had, had like a video clip of swans on a lake, some bees bu- buzzing around and some, like a, water flowing through the brook and uh, he said it seemed, it felt like he was like transported directly into that scene, it's pretty crazy and then the CEO is like, she likes the, the the first impressions and reactions of the people and they say like most people say wow I really don't believe it it says you don't believe it because it sounds like a speaker but no one else can hear it it's it's supporting you and you're in the middle of everything it's it's happening around you so the sound can follow a listener around when they move their head and then it's also possible to move out of the beam's path and hear nothing at all (laughs) so like they mentioned earlier is like ideal for like office situations like it enables you to listen to music and still listen to things around you so you don't have to like unplug from the world you can still have full uh conscious about what's happening around you
0: and it's it seems like it's mounted onto the wall or something and you have to be in a specific spot to use it is that right?
1: Um, it, The picture shows you can have it on your desk. It's like a... Looks kind of like a speaker, but a little more high-tech. Hmm.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's a prototype. I'm not sure how much it's going to be when it is ready. I don't think they have like a consumer version out anytime soon it says it's the consumer releases might be in time for christmas 2021 and it said it's going to be smaller and sexier. <laughs> so <laughs> it's always good to hear
0: hmm. what do you think about wearing a headset
1: um yeah i agree that headsets are Like, I I use headsets only when I know I don't need to talk to anyone. Or if I'm talking to someone and I don't have to worry about, like, important things around me. Because usually when I'm listening to something, I want to put full attention into what I'm listening to. Or it's just, like, music I can listen to in the background while I'm doing, like... numbness trash throwing or something like that
0: yeah I think headsets and headphones are more mobile but it's kind of weird how this says like oh you could use this device and listen without headphones but this device is not mobile so doesn't seem like it's replacing it (laughs)
1: No, it's it's not like replacing headphones. It's a new, I would say it's like a new product, mar- market and product in the market. I
0: think it'd be good to put on laptops because when you're just sitting in front of a laptop, it'll probably be able to use the technology just fine. Hmm. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a actual device. I don't think they're working with any companies at the moment. I think it's like. Standalone speaker sort of setup where you set it up somewhere you want, and then you can have it make the environment for you, and then you can listen to this music or whatever you're listening to.
0: Yeah, I think it would be ideal to put in laptops or maybe tablets so if you go to like some coffee shop or some place you can just sit down and listen to your music you don't have to have your headphones on and you don't have to worry about bugging anybody else it's kind of like the same thing as the headphones but you just the computer shoots it straight into your ear
1: <laughs> yeah it's a similar idea yeah one thing I like I said you don't only really like it's like a it's like a bubble like once you're in it you can hear things but you can move your head out of the range and then you can hear everything else <laughs> and it literally it, it's like a literal bubble because people outside the bubble can't hear the music
0: so Trevor if you were developing this product would you make a product to sell or would you like license it and let other people use it
1: I would just make a product on its own because that way I can ensure quality is good and like the technology is known like as what the brand is instead of having like oh HP with sound beaming it's like okay I, <laughs> I don't know I feel like I can sell it better if it's like a standalone product
0: I think this would do well as a licensing thing
1: mm-hmm. yeah so there's no price like I said it's like a concept, it's a prototype you know, it's a feature release for next year this year is almost over, so basically, this year at the end of the year. So,
0: In one year or then? The
1: yeah, end of the year. next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do you have any interesting developments on your side?
0: Yeah, when I was studying construction management, a professor taught that. And an important goal of a house is to keep the water out of the house. (laughs) But I thought, like, all these funky things that happens with water, if we could control it in some way, we could get energy or harvest water or something out of these weird things that happens. Because if the insulation's not, like, equal... Or something weird things happen and maybe there's like condensation on one part because the insulation is not equal across the whole roof or something like that so I thought of technologies where maybe the warm air on the inside would be drawn to the outside of the building because the outside may be cooler or the outside may be hotter so it's coming in and the moisture in the air could be drawn out or something and we could harvest the water or the moisture from the inside or outside of the building. But uh, yeah, I was really attracted to this article that I'm going to talk about because the technology is very similar to what I imagined. This company is called the Clean Wind Energy Incorporated. When I was thinking about this technology, I imagined also that if you have this big wall, you could somehow isolate and have a cooler area within a building or something and the differential between the uh, the temperature outside and within the wall you could maybe make wind or have water condensate or something (laughs) and collect water Mm -hmm. but the design is they'll be able to generate wind by having this tower. It's kind of like a tube, a big tube. And they will have this big tower dedicated to making energy from solar power. What will happen is that they're trying to isolate the temperature within this big tower from the outside and they're going to try to cool it down from the inside naturally by spraying water across the top of the the top area of the tower and as the water sprayed at the top of the tower evaporates the temperature of the air within the building cools down and it gets more dense and there's it builds up pressure within the tower. What happens is that there is wind turbines at the bottom so when the air pushes out they approximate it could be about 50 miles an hour the wind of the pressure within it will push the air out and it'll turn the wind turbines and they could it'll generate electricity does that nice. make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool because um you don't even need wind. You could build this in the middle of nowhere. There's no wind that you don't even need any wind at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could and they expect that this could generate Yeah, I'll I'll read a quote from them. They'll say The first tower in Arizona has projected output on an hourly basis of up to 1,000 megawatt hours gross yeah I and when I was in Texas I helped build a 13 megawatt (laughs) plant and this is like a hundred times more powerful and yeah using a 70% capacity factor the the towers potential hourly yield is that it would be 700 megawatt hours from which approximately 17 percent will be used to power its operations, yielding approximately 600 megawatt hours available to sell to the grid. And another quote, it says, one tower is equivalent to at least one nuclear power plant. But here's the difference, of course. You don't have nuclear issues. You don't have the safety issues. You don't have to You don't have spent nuclear rods. You don't have the storage issue. These towers, apparently, they last forever. All you're using is water. Evaporation, wind gradients, and presto. You do have the energies that produced through turbines and generators so what we're talking about is water and wind at free will and yeah so does that make sense to you Trevor?
1: I don't know the details but it makes sense that it's not wind powered but it's creating wind power
0: yeah it's using solar power to create wind and yeah they're working on building their first tower they're in this contest um are semi-finalists in an event called future energy pitching it's uh an event hosted by ARPA-E in uh, Washington DC called part of the Energy Innovation Summit and yeah I thought it was cool because uh, I have thought of technology similar to this, and it's actually being used (laughs) in the natural solar energy. You could manipulate the natural energies that we have in the atmosphere and create wind and energy from it, from buildings, like I imagined.
1: Yeah, you should have been on the team.
0: yeah i I kind of worked at I'm trying to pitch this idea to <laughs> some people, but <laughs> not many people are creating technologies
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah maybe they'll Hear me and hire me. (laughs) Probably not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe if you tag him in uh, Twitter or something.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's my topic.
1: Yeah, I have a a uh, crazy topic too about the uh, energy um this is coming from uh, inside of a galaxy though it's uh, a mysterious intense blast of radio energy um the they call it fast radio bursts or FRBs and they last only a fraction of a second but they can be 10 million times more powerful than the sun. And what? They still don't know the origins of it. It's largely unknown. So they say that astronomers are able to um see these FRBs in our own Milky um, Way for the first time ever. Um Mm -hmm. But now they need um, to solve the mystery of where they're coming from. He said they've had trouble tracking down the origin of these blasts because they're so short, unpredictable, and they come from very far distance away. But they say it's clear that it must be formed in some kind of... most extreme conditions so it could be many (laughs) suggested explanations could be from dying stars alien technology but they are now coming to conclusion that it may come from uh, Magnetar I think I spoke about these a few months ago magnetar is a star with a very powerful magnetic field. And the uh-huh. scientists who discovered the FRBs, uh say that they were confirmed that the blast would look like other most distant FOBs if it were observed from uh, outside our own galaxy, suggesting that Some other blasts could be formed by similar objects elsewhere too. And yeah, it says it seems like uh, they're coming from about halfway across the universe. And this is the first time we've been able to see one of these exotic Hmm. uh, fast radio bursts to a single astrophysical object. The detection began on April 27th. And the next day, they used two North American telescopes to observe that patch of sky from that magnetar at the other end of our galaxy. Mm-hmm. And they're calling the blast FRB twenty o four twenty eight. 28 I think it's the date. Because it's 20 is a year, 04 is the uh, month, and 28 is a day. Um, yeah. So the research they published three papers in Nature today, in Nature, to uh, and FRBs were first discovered in two thousand seven, and magnetars are uh, are the most likely candidates, especially given that they the magnetic fields could work like engines driving the powerful blasts. So to test this they have placed uh possible origins of boosts in small points of the skies. And and then they can associate them with known objects in space. And yeah, they said they can, they calc. It says we calculated that such an intense burst coming from another galaxy would be indistinguishable from some FOBs. So this is really gives weight to the theory, suggesting that magnetars could be behind at least some FOBs. It says that uh, new findings may not explain all of the known FOBs because those. It says there's large gaps in energe- energetics and activities between the brightest and the most active FRB sources. They say which, uh, uh, what is observed for magnetars perhaps younger, more energetic and active magnetars are needed to explain all FRB, uh, um observations. And they say, if the FOB can be proven to have come from a, a magnetar, many mysteries still remain. Uh, astronomers will still need to look for the mechanism that allows the magnetar to power FOB. looking, for instance, to understand how it could send out such bright, unusual bursts of energies and X-ray emissions at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy seems like um, we've found a possible candidate that we need to prove evidence that it is the source of these FRBs. But we still have no idea of how these are being created, even though we know what could be creating them. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard about uh, magnetars before but I never knew they had such uh, powerful radio energy <laughs> emitting from them or if it's possible I could, they could. I thought they were just like magnetic stars or something.
0: Yeah, the idea is interesting. I don't have much questions to ask yeah, about. Yeah, that's it. my <laughs> uh,
1: astrophysical topic for the Very Hagen Bros for today. mm mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's the first topic, uh, first podcast of the night. Um. Thank you for listening. Next week is the first uh, anniversary episode so if you'd like to participate in that you could send us messages or it'd be nice if you could send us a message through anchor just go to our page and there's a send a message button on it and yeah
1: yeah I'll talk to you later
0: uh talk to you later